Yo, 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 it's your motherfucking boy, the Mark Rob, a.k.a. Sean Matt Love, a.k.a. Spike Singleton, a.k.a. Thick Moranis, because honey, I don't give a fuck about them kids, a.k.a. Inspector Scissorhands, because I'm always in search of the cutty, coming at you with a new episode of Deleted Scenes. This week's Deleted Scenes, it composites a bit of the beginning of our season six episodes. First, we kind of get into early hopes for Don't Worry Darling, which uh, did not pan out, unfortunately. Then we eventually pivot to Cat's dad. We tried to get him on the show this season, but it, unfortunately it didn't work out. But in the deleted scene, it's kind of a behind the scenes look of us talking to try to get some of the movies panned out for his episode. Hopefully we do get that in the near future. Also, we talk about some of the rougher uh, summer lineup that we got. Now, I will say, even though the summer was a bit rough, the fall and the winter did kind of make up for it. Uh, hopefully, you guys got to check out Glass Onion while it was still in theaters. If not, you had to come to Netflix this Christmas. We also got Tar. We got The Fablemans, the new Spielberg film. The Banshees of In and Sharon. There was a lot of rebounding that happened with the movie theaters, but the summer was very, very rough. <laughs> uh, but next week, uh, we will be back. We are going to talk about Glass Onion and what we loved about it, what things we didn't love. But I'm not going to lie, I loved a lot of it. <laughs> uh, but enjoy this week's episode. Peace. So, are you sure you're not going to see it opening weekend? Well, so so opening weekend is when I'm flying back from Disney. So, like, oh okay. So. If if Saturday night we're back, like assuming we actually successfully get back, which apparently MCO has been, a, which is the Orlando airport, has been a fucking nightmare. So, like, I don't know. But if I do actually get back, and like Saturday night, Greg and I are like, oh, what do we want to go do? Maybe I'll be like, we could go see Don't Worry, Darling. Like, then maybe. <laughs> but like, I'm not going to prioritize it. Yeah. Because my priority is to have fun with my boo and and then like relax before I go back to work on Monday. Yeah, definitely. But I think I think it'll probably be in the opening like week or two. Like I I don't think I'm gonna go through two full weekends without seeing it at this point. Yeah. Because I like Chris Pine. I like the late '50s, early '60s. I like maybe this is a nuclear testing site. I like I like a lot of the stuff that they've laid out so far. I like Valley of the Dolls. Like I'm into what they're kind of evoking. Okay. And I'd love to see a, like, a, a domestic horror movie that is about, like, the idealized American life. Like, actually. Not, like, Mother, which is actually about religious trauma and the Whoa. universe. Like, I, that movie was rough. And, and I think that, 
like I. I don't really feel comfortable like weighing in on the like Jason Sudeikis thing because I really like Ted Lasso and I like him and I the more I've read about how they broke up the more I've been like mm-hmm. um yeah. but like I do feel like a woman who has been in a marriage that fell apart and she maybe felt like she had to keep kind of putting it on for a long time could be uniquely qualified to direct a film like that assuming she has the emotional maturity to incorporate that uh which i'm increasingly not sure she does but it'll be interested regardless i think yeah i think the ceiling is kind of especially with the whole like like everything i think the ceiling is kind of that c plus b minus Maybe the maybe you just come from Florence Pugh and that's and Chris Pine and that's basically all you can extrapolate from the film, and then kind of going from there. I, I don't even want to say at worst that it'd be a complete shit show, because I think Florence Pugh definitely has. A, I think she has as far as like the younger actors out there, she has like pretty good taste in movies that she picks. Sans Black Widow, but well, yeah, <laughs> so but that also is going to work in some way. I think that movie got her money. Like, I think I think some yeah. of these projects she does for love, the MCU she did for money, and I don't blame her. Get that money, girl! Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't blame it either. But yeah. I think my gripes have already been extrapolated on this here podcast, so. Uh, we we don't have to go back down that rabbit hole, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I I hope it's good. Yeah, I think Fences had that. I think Fences was 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 powered by two phenomenal actors and Denzel and Viola, and so they they basically powered their way to making that <laughs> like a good movie, but. The staging of it is basically like the backyard for like 90% of the movie. So it, it, it's a little stage play, but I mean, there. Have you have you ever seen the, the uh, other one? The one. Because uh, I think. Wasn't James Earl Jones in the original play? Yeah, so there, there's a couple. There's the 1961 one, which has, uh, I believe it has Sidney Poitier in it. Man, um, what thinking about. Yeah, there we go. Raisin in the Sun, 2008. Starring Sean Combs and Audra McDonald. I forgot Diddy was in that. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah, up against seven-time Tony winner Audra McDonald. I mean, Puffy, what are you doing? <laughs> he holds it up is the weirdest part. Really? You saw it? You liked it? Yeah. Yeah, I had to watch it for my high school drama class. Holy shit. Because we had to watch all three versions that existed at the time. Was this the best one? No, but it was okay. not. It was <laughs> honestly like the thing that was interesting was that the three of them were roughly on the same level. 
Oh wow, okay. Um you know, and one could argue, oh well a lot of this was Audra McDonald or whatever, but like, no, he like does a good job. And his take on the character is very different than other takes on the character, but it's still super valid. And it's all stuff that he found in the text and makes sense in the in the greater scope of the character. Okay. But perhaps because he was not raised like a fancy theater boy, like some of the other characters, like actors who have taken this on, he was able to find something different in in the characterization, which I think works very well. Um, I mean, that actually that's actually a pretty astute observation. I mean, he wasn't like a like he was not like a theater kid, but he was a dancer. So even though it wasn't necessarily like plays, he does have the history kind of in that performance piece of it. So Yeah. And I, I think I, the 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 desire to perform is very evident in the performance that's given. Yeah. And I think he does a really good job with that. But I also don't think that he's like, you know, if if that had been released in a format in which Oscars would have been acceptable, he would not have been nominated. Well, yeah. Uh, but also that probably would have been because it was the type of performance of that character that would have made white men uncomfortable. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, speaking of uncomfortable my favorite character from Still Magnolias, it, it, it has to be Wheezy. Didn't she do um, a movie with Stallone? Probably. And I think it was like, it, it wasn't Country Strong. I thought it was Country Strong, but she's like a, a country singer with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I have no idea, but I'm about to find out. Also, uh, don't mind me humming, uh, like, ooh, ee, ooh, I'll look just like Dolly Parton. I know that's not the lyrics, but God, I wish it were. Uh oh, and Mary Tyler Moore. She's also, uh, <laughs> almost 80 it's years old. Rhinestone. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's she's getting out there. Also, she has cake mix now. Buy the cake mix. Make a fucking Dolly Parton cake. I mean, shit's delicious. I may have to watch this rhinestone because I'm seeing a photo with her teaching Stallone how to play guitar. So <laughs> the '80s were everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean. She's she's in a lot of stuff, but also like back in 2018, she did a bunch of original music for the the Netflix. I I don't remember if it's a movie or series, Dumplin', based on the Julie Murphy books. And I love those books; I think they're wonderful. And uh, they idolize Dolly in the book. Aww. Um, and so she she read the book, and she fell in love with it, and she asked if she could do the music for it. A sweeter man. Yeah, Real and it's class act. Yeah, she she really seems to be. Also, don't forget, Nine to Five had a TV show. But was the, the movie based off the show? Or did they make the show from the movie? Show from the movie, but uh, she's got more actress credits than she's got film movie credit or film music credits. 
She's in like 70. She's like in 70 movies and shit like that. Yeah. So, oh my yeah. God, wait. She. Uh, it makes me sad though, because she's, so she's in Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, but she is not in the Hallmarks movies Christmas at Dollywood, which is a crime. Um. <laughs> they went, They didn't cut the check big enough. Well, so the issue was I think she was busy doing the other movie. Oh, apparently she's in it in a cameo role. So it must be a real quick cameo because I watched that movie. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, like she's Damn. in a bunch of TV movies. She is in the Magic School Bus TV series, which I grew up watching. She is uh, the voice of Miss Frizzle's, like, friend. Okay. Um, but also, she used to uh, host the, the, since the subsequently renamed Dixie Stampede, which is a, <laughs> like, I think it's like a medieval timesy thing, and it used to be about, like, the South and horses, but now it's about not that, because we don't like that anymore. Um, but like, yeah. she's an executive producer on that and she gets a little cut of everything, you know? But, uh, also, did you know that there is a Steel Magnolias, uh, that came out in 2012? With Queen Latifah? Yeah. I, I heard about that, Yes. I'm kind uh, I, of intrigued by that. Um, I have not seen it, but um, I mean, the actresses. So I'm I'm confused because it's an hour and twenty five minutes long. <laughs> There's so which much means that, boy. they cut forty minutes from this thing. I ooh, I wonder what plot they cut out. And if they were like. Yeah, all right. It's an hour and, you know, 45 minutes, and this one's two hours and five. I'd be like, all right, like, you could probably have tightened up some of those scenes a little bit. I'm into it. Yeah. But, like, Ooh. I don't know. I think they probably cut out the the opening, like, getting ready for the, the wedding. They probably nipped that down super, super, Which super is down. a bummer, because that is such a good scene. I mean, Tom Scarif, he's fucking wild. I fucking love it. I fucking love his ass and that. Just, just give the man a gun. It's fine. And they're like, he shoots blanks. I'm like, all right, well, still gunshots. Like, jeez. Yeah. Alfred, you, Alfred Woodard is wheezy. I... Mm, good. Were you no, that? Weezer, Weezer. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I... I love that character, too. I think she is great. Also, I, I feel like I should just say that uh, I appreciate that Steel Magnolias in no way shies away from Southern tackiness. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yes, it definitely did not. Uh, like, Anel's Christmas display is for sure the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That was such a great gag. That was so But also, so funny. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> Very much so, yes. 
Oh, man. The big-ass hair, too. Oh, my God. The big 80s hair was just... It was so wild. So, 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 so tame. So, so big. Yeah. No, it's... It's 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 a well-done uh, costume and set department If uh, on top of everything else. I agree. I agree. And I know you've got a thing about puppets, which is that you hate them. I I like Fraggle Rock. The Muppets are from the the brain that made Fraggle Rock, Mark. That's what they say. <laughs> you had me in the beginning. Okay, but I know you're like, oh, the Muppets are for kids. But if, like, my dad, a 70-year-old man who objectively has great taste, even if it's not your taste, is like, all right, well, I guess this means it's time to get these young fuckers to talk about the Muppets. Uh... <laughs> no, I, I'm down for it. Uh, 1981, the great Muppet caper. Well, because he was like, well, what about the Muppet movie? And I was like, 1979. He was like, cool, great Muppet caper it is. Like... (laughs) He was right right along with it. There was no doubt in this man's mind. Like, oh, okay, well, if we're doing, like, the 80s, we gotta do a Muppet thing. I showed the Muppet movie to a friend of mine who's 33, for the first time last week. Okay. And he fucking loved it. Because there's a lot... Like, the Muppets were not designed for kids. They were designed as movies for parents that they could bring their kids to. And as time has gone on, with, like, the introduction of the Muppet Babies, and also just, like, the idea that, like, animation is only for kit, like, the commodification of, like, alternative media forms to only be kind of palatable to parents or to children. Yeah. Like, the Muppets have become watered down and more for children. Yeah. But the, the 70s, 80s, even some of the 90s Muppets are, for kids, about 30%, and for parents, the rest of the way. All right. You could you could bring your kid to date night and they would leave you alone, but you would still have fun. Yeah. Um it also might be worth watching the Muppet movie beforehand if this is what he decides to go through. This is not me trying to pressure you to do that, even though I think you should. Um it's just because it's a direct sequel. And like it's not so plot dependent on that, but it might be helpful for you to have a grasp of the dynamics going in. <laughs> and then I could show you my thesis portfolio and it would make sense to you. Hilarious. Because I just introduced the idea to him earlier today and he was like, maybe. Like, not no, but not yes either. Like, let me figure out what movies came out in that time that are really, like, foundational to me. I mean, if if Empire Strikes Back and the Muppet movie, then the Great Muppet Caper, are foundational for him, that explains so much about you, and I love it. I I, I love it either fucking way. So. I'm a little bit of surprisingly dark and bleak sci-fi, and a little bit of mostly felt and glue. Uh, so there yes. 
with some with some strong Princess Leia sprinkled on top, and with a thing for that era Harrison Ford. So, like, this all makes sense, Cat. It all fucking makes sense. Also, I've been rewatching Fraggle Rock recently, and like, it brings so much warmth to my soul. I also don't know if you've watched any of the new Fraggle Rock, um, but they've recently done some new Fraggle Rock, and it's really quite good. But is it um, is it on HBO Max? Uh, no, actually, it's on Apple TV Plus. Uh, oh, shit. Well, but well. Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters uh, refreshed the Fraggle Rock theme song. And he added some organ in there, and it rips so hard, Mark. (laughs) Like, in my brain, I'm, like, getting ready to go to bed after a hard day at work, and my brain is just playing the organ line from Fraggle Rock, the funky organ line. Oh, it's so good. I love Dirty Dancing, and the soundtrack means so much to me. And, like... If I ever get married, like I want time of our life to be or time of my life to be the first dance. Like I I want that so much. Uh-huh. Like I I really love that movie. And like I know I've only seen it a handful of times and I only started watching it as a, a young like a no young matter. adult. No, it doesn't. No and if anything, yeah. I think the fact that I have no nostalgia for it and it still <clears throat> like gets me. Yeah. Should say a lot. Yeah. Fucking um, um but also I work and I just didn't get it because I was three minutes late. And like, you should, that's some bullshit. Yeah, I know. You should try digging in the crates. I'm, I'm, I'm certain Balson has decent vinyl shops. Oh, I could buy the regular soundtrack for like 15 bucks. But like, I loved the idea of the, the pink and white vinyl. And it's yeah, designed that- to look like her dress spinning. Yeah, like when that's what Mondo does. Mondo yeah. does have a pretty good eye for that shit. So, and also it had the soundtrack from the sequel. It did. I didn't yeah. That. The the so they only had enough music from Dirty Dancing to cover one and a half sides of the record. Okay. So they included the like marimba music from the sequel on the back half of the second one, which is like pretty cool. Um, like not my brand, but pretty cool. Some fucker is trying to sell the, their Mondo on eBay for like $400. That's just fucking Well, that's wild. what happens. And this has I been know. a huge problem with like Disney merchandise as well. This flip culture fucking sucks, man. I hate it. I hate it so much. And like, but it's everywhere. Like it's. It, it's, it is. And it's, it's super frustrating. And like at this point, I kind of respect places that have like lotteries more. Because at least I know we have all the same chance. But at the same time, even that isn't, like, real because... It's not bots. The bots are super prevalent. Yeah, but, like, have I ever told you about the Ink Block building in Boston? No. The Ink Block was a series of condos that was specifically designed to be accessible to young business professionals. So oh, you it did was tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Designed to be a little bit cheaper than your average rent. But get you some yeah. equity, but it's a fairly bare bones place, right? And it was a lottery system. One real person got it. It's fucking crazy. Out of man. like 50 units. It's crazy. And so this guy wound up like living alone in the the building. 
with like amenities for you know 120 people to live there fucking stupid man we gotta get out of bot culture gotta figure out a way how to get out of bot culture Oh, oh shit, God. they holocausted all the women, <laughs> didn't they? I mean, what's understood don't need to be said. <laughs> oh, man. So, so not only did they have a canon reason for it, but they also had, like, a canon reason for Sigourney Weaver to be, like, the sexiest woman in the universe by, by her being the only one. Besides I the mean, alien queen, of course. I mean, she was going to be in the run for that anyway. So, oh, I strongly agree. But like, if there's no competition, then you already won. Um, from her perspective, there is no competition. Well, apparently, they <laughs> killed all the women. So, yeah, uh, um, maybe I'll watch Resurrection. <laughs> Resurrection was a shit show, it was, it was pretty bad from what I remember. I just remember everybody being like, are you excited about Prometheus? And me being like, no. Like, uh, <laughs> Oh, shit. Joss Whedon wrote Alien Resurrection. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you not know that? Holy shit. I just found that out. So, uh, yeah, it's a shit show. I'm very certain it's a shit show now. Yeah, even I kind of knew that. Um Oh man. Do you think we're gonna cover hold on, is Ava- Avatar comes out this year, right? Uh yes. The way of water is in December. <laughs> are you gonna see that? Are you gonna get so are you still gonna get credentials for that? You're gonna try to get credentials for that? Oh yeah. If I get to go see it for free, I'll go see it. I'm not paying to see that thing. <laughs> Oh, man. I may have to just do an IMAX. But, but if I do get credentials, I will bring a uh, one of the animatronic banshees you can get at Disney World and set it on my shoulder and bring it with me and make him watch it with me. Hilarious. They're going to be giving you some looks, Kat. They're going to be giving you some looks. By by acknowledging that Avatar has some redeeming moments, I'm fully aware that I am in the top 300% of Avatar fans. Like, I am the one, the top percentile by going, I mean, its effects look pretty good. Like, by saying <laughs> one nice thing about it, I'm in the top tier, and I know this. Um, the blues really pop off the screen. Can I just say, though, between Titanic, this... Avatar and uh, uh, specifically the lighting package in Terminator 2. James Cameron wants to fuck the color blue, right? I mean, like he he just wants he hasn't already. He wants to just like fuck an entire chunk of the color spectrum. I mean, he wants to make sweet, sweet love to it, and probably there will be some leather also. Um. He is horny for blue, man. Like I just, I just wanted to make sure I was not the only one noticing that. I mean, even, I mean, even aliens like this, you know, bluish green tint. That's yeah, all that's through what the I mean. Movie, yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> Everything is blue. Cat, this was episode one hundred.
Really? The the oh. alien rave party is in episode 100? It is, girlfriend. It is. Hell yeah. So so what's E.T. actually called? What's his real name? Or their real name? Uh, I don't know what his is, but I can tell you all about his friends. Uh. <laughs> Spiller didn't give him a name? I'm, I'm going to just check because, like, E.T. is objectively the least interesting character in the E.T. attraction. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. E.T.'s real name is Zrek. Oh, wow. Z-R-E-K. All right. Um, but like, yeah, man, I don't know. Long live the flop gloppel. Uh, <laughs> Botanicus is always watching. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh... Well, Botanicus is just E.T., but bigger and old and wearing a garland that's made of a leaf. He, I think, is the president, but I'm not sure. Um, Sounds like me. Yeah, you you, you truly are uh, an older alien wearing a leaf garnish. Um, <laughs> Whenever I can. So... You, you've now met Greg, and I'm trying to get him to escalate his style just a little bit. Oh, if you get him just like that, <laughs> do it, do it. Well, I, I literally paused the movie, and I was like, this is what I'm aiming for with you. And he's like, okay. like. <laughs> I mean, listen, like, everything, well, everything fit him so fucking well. <laughs> everything was, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yo, people are not just like that anymore. That's so, so fucking crazy. But yes, <laughs> yes. If he starts dressing like that, <laughs> just propose to him. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, you know, uh, I'll just break spontaneously into the lift from the end if he starts doing that. <laughs> exactly. I'll just grab him by his ovaries and lift him. Um. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, like, the next thing is that I'm excited about. Ooh, it's, it's, it's looking kind of, it's looking kind of shaky. Uh, Hang on. I never, I never saw that Resist movie. That that was was called, right? Resist. I never saw that. I think it's on Hulu or some shit. Um, I need to see Prey, but I don't want to sit through ads. So I'll get there <laughs> when I get there. Yeah. I need to see Elvis. That shit's three, that shit's like three hours long. I know. I wanted to wait for streaming for that. Um, yeah. but also like, I feel like there were a lot of like, just kind of creepy assholey old men. Uh, uh, that we're like going out. to see Elvis like every weekend, and I just I'm good. Um, yeah, it was smoking them out. Uh, let's all right, see. let's see. Uh, August 26th, 2022 has like 96 movies coming out, and most of them are VOD, digital, or like limited release, but like, holy shit. 
I may see Clerks three just just to be a completionist, not because I you, actually you enjoy see that. Clerks I hope I do. I hope I, I enjoy no, Halloween Kills. No joy or nostalgia for those fucking movies. Hilarious. I don't like them. I mean, they're 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 these whatever. Eh. Um, I don't think they're good if you don't have nostalgia for them. Well, the first one came out in 94, but I didn't see it until like 2001-ish, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was okay. There, there's better Kevin Smith movies, I would say. The second one, I saw it in college, but the only thing that movie did was just fan my love for Rosario Dawson. Like, I absolutely felt more in love with her in that movie. But I do feel obligated to see The Munsters and also Hocus Pocus 2. I mean, I'm going to the Hocus Pocus 2, uh, like, Salem premiere, so I do have to sit through Hocus Pocus 2. They're doing a musical version of Matilda. They've done a musical version of Matilda. It's a screamed version of the Broadway show. Oof. Surprise. Uh, it's also a very fucking good musical, so Oh, not oh well, knives out. So Oh, that's this year? Yeah. I thought that was next year. That's it's come out Christmas. Ugh. It's come out December twenty-third. So that's all right. So day. Halloween ends. <sighs> Fuck. Um it's looking bad. Oh, uh, Black Panther. You have fun with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't I, be I, the person to cover Black Panther. I'm a fucking white person. Uh, I thought you were say because you're a woman. I'm like, wow, cat. Well, no, wow. but I don't feel comfortable talking about Shuri either because she's a transphobic anti-vaxxer piece of shit. So, like, hilarious. Uh, well, that part's not hilarious. That one, homie. Um, you know, so I legit do not know. Well, I don't know if I gotta get, if I get some black folks to go out with me to see this movie, I'll see it just so I can be around. Come black back folks to Boston. To Come peep uh, some leaves and go see it with Eric or something. Fuck. Actually, it would be. I would say maybe that piece would be dope seeing it with his kids. I think that may actually. Oh yeah. Kill. Probably. Um. So we got we have one for well, two for sure. Halloween ends and and Glass Onion. Um, a possible with Black Panther. Oh, Ooh. Avatar: The Way of Water, baby. Woof. <laughs> uh, well, if if you see, well, I know you're gonna see it, and if we cover it, I guess I'll. So see it. can I can I make a suggestion? What's that? I go see it sober. <laughs> and we both report back <laughs> on our experience. Um, that, sh- that that may be the only way to see that fucking movie. Like, go, I may go to IMAX to see it and just I, hold I'm on. I'm even now just scrolling through, like, for next year. And I'm not even excited for next year. So I'm going to close this tab because I'm getting depressed. Um. There's a movie uh, called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul with Regina uh, Hall and Sterling K. Brown, which I'll, uh, I'll see it, but I'm not like like pumped to see it. So that's in the maybe category, but 
that's mm-hmm. it. Like this, this, this year, the rest of the year is looking really fucking rough, man. Oof. Did you ever see Shazam? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, I feel like I was the target okay. audience for Shazam, and I didn't see it. I don't care. A Brad Pitt movie is coming out Christmas Day. Merry with, fucking uh, Christmas. I know, with, with Margot Robbie and Tobey Maguire as executive producer. So, cool. so yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's like four movies for like four more months. Like, woof. So Good thing we have our super sweet stuff to cover. One more thing that I want to say about this is, uh, don't don't make that face again. But it's it's a Simpsons reference. That I'm about to make. There's there there's a there's a joke in the Simpsons in which Marge says, oh, "Fox turned into such a hardcore sex channel so gradually, I never noticed." It kind of feels like that's what's happening with Netflix right now, with like the back-to-back releases of Blonde and Dahmer, and uh, their just fascination with. Uh, well, it, it seems like Netflix all of a sudden one day woke up and was like, whoa, have you noticed our programs with sex and violence do better than any other programs? Hilarious. Like, except for Coco Melon, because I believe in Coco Melon supremacy. But uh, <laughs> and, and, and they've just been like doing that ever since, which is like fine, but. I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, all right, so I'm going to finish rewatching the movies that made us and maybe cancel my Netflix subscription. I mean, because I am I, I, getting to the point now where I feel dirty for giving Netflix the money mm-hmm. they use to make this movie. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I re I reactivated it to watch Cobra Kai. Now Cobra Kai is over. I don't really see any reason to continue <laughs> my subscription until the next season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> I mean, they they moved Dawson's Creek to HBO Max, so you know you're I'm set. Good. I, I'm very much set. Yeah. Yes. Are we are yeah. we gonna do a, like a a Great Sexpectation style Dawson Creek podcast? Because I feel like maybe that should be our next summer vacation project. <laughs> um, so the first four seasons of Dawson's Creek are teenage soap, but it's it appeals to me because that's like my generation i think cat if you watch if you watched austin's creek you would say these teens fucking suck like I, 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 they're little shits <laughs> was, but, was dawson's creek the the one where uh what's his face got hit in the head with a a lamp and then they played hide and seek um, no um oh yeah oh no was that Dawson's Creek or was it like 90210? I think it was or... Degrassi, maybe. <laughs> it wasn't Degrassi. No. I, know, I know it wasn't Degrassi. Degrassi uh, is the one where they put Drake it, in the wheelchair. Maybe it was, it might have been One Tree yeah. Hill, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it was One Tree Hill. <laughs> That's funny. You, it, it's, it's, um, I, I literally, in my mind, just had to separate that those are all different shows. Counter proposal. <laughs> do we want to do a Gilmore Girls summer break, maybe? <laughs> Uh, I know a thing or two about Connecticut bitches. Um, hilarious. Uh, Matt Greg Hoppin. It was the OC, by the way. Oh, it was the OC. Oh, another, oh, another 
um, indistinguishable honestly, show. Honestly, after watching Patrick Willems' review of that show, I kind of want to watch it now. What, of Gilmore Girls? Oh, the no, he did a video about the OC, and I remember that show just being... It was popular because I was in high school when that show was on the air, and it was very popular with the preppy douchebags that I absolutely fucking hated that I went to high school with. So naturally, I assumed that the show sucked for that reason. But if Patrick Willems insists that it's good, actually, I may be inclined to actually give it a chance. (laughs) So it it basically started my senior year. So I I didn't, I, I never watched it, but it was. I knew it was popular, but I never watched it. Mm-hmm. I was in elementary school. I knew, yeah, I knew it was popular. Knew it was popular. Apparently, it launched Chris Pratt's career, among others. <laughs> so, thanks I thought working at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company was the thing yeah. that launched Chris Pratt's yeah. career. I know you don't listen to the show much, but uh, Mark is pretty anti Chris Pratt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you are you pro Chris Pratt, Greg? I am I am fairly neutral on Chris Pratt. I will just say uh, we went to Epcot and we got to ride his new ride. And uh, part of the ride he was very good in. But in the pre-show at one point, he gets to talk about why he loved Epcot so much as a little kid. Well, because the idea is that, you know, Peter Quill went like with his mom before she died, before he was taken. Oh. And so they find out that there's a, a place that he can like there's a. Uh, Wonders of Xandar, like, pavilion at Epcot now. And he's excited because he wants to go back to Epcot. And he starts listing old Epcot attractions. And he's like, oh! And you can see him reading. He goes, the universe of energy! (laughs) I love the veggie veggie fruit fruit! And it's really awkward. And I'm like, how much do you get paid to do this? But, like, you can see him, like, looking at his driver and going, like, start the car. Like... <laughs> All right. <laughs> did, I, did I get the check? All right, we yeah. gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Oh, it cleared. It cleared. Start the car. Start the yeah. car. Yeah. So some part, some part acting aside, because obviously the ride has a pre-show before you go in, an introduction. Some part acting aside, the ride itself fucking slaps. Yeah, we got to ride also, it. Uh, Dave, Dave Batista is really the only uh, person you yeah. see on the ride act like it, yeah. Stuff. And Dave was like, is there an Oscar for rides? If so, I'm gunning for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave Batista is actually trying. Um, Chris Pratt and Zoe Zaldana are just going through the motions. They can cl- they can clearly see the paycheck on the other side of the camera they're getting for doing uh, this. You know, you know who really tries in that pre-show, though? Glenn Close and Terry Crews. Glenn Close and Terry Crews. Um, always a pleasure seeing Terry Crews. I love that guy. We are here to maintain the verisimilitude. We are here to bring you into the universe, and we are so excited. Like, Xandar is so cool. Like, they clearly are, like, in Mm -hmm. it. And then then at one point, Zoe Zaldana goes, oh, no. Like, she forgot what comes after the O. Like, it's very, yeah. Um... One take, we gotta go. I we listen, man. I get shoots. it. They had to prep for the hurricane. That's why they're so stilted. But, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 um, the, but like, mm. yeah, oof. Uh, and then, and then Rocket's just like, I hooked up the car, so now you're gonna follow mm-hmm. him. And it's like, that's not quite Bradley it, it, Cooper. 
Did they, did, not, they, but... did they get did they get Bradley Cooper for it or did they just hire someone to do their best Bradley Cooper as Rocket? Uh, uh, I believe it's the same guy who does it at Disneyland who is not Bradley okay. Cooper but is pretty close. Uh, but it's a running joke at this point because in California at one point he goes, my hands don't scan. And like it doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper. It sounds like Danny DeVito. Uh, but like beyond, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I've that like that guy has sold me a hot dog outside of Fenway. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 we are in agreement that Danny DeVito should have played Rocket. <laughs> I want him for Detective Pikachu. Oh my God, Danny DeVito for Figment. So there's this uh, little purple dragon at, at Epcot, and he's voiced by Dave Goles, who voices Gonzo, which, Marcus, I know you don't know what that means because you don't care about the Muppets, but whatever. Um, I, know what Gonzo, I know what Gonzo means, all right. Yeah, so he, he sounds like that, uh, and they're making a movie, uh, and the people who are doing the movie are the people who did Detective Pikachu. And so I really want Figment, who comes and is like, don't use your ears, use your imagination. Use your imagination. Yeah, that. Journey to the world of imagination. Yeah. And then yeah. I think Dreamfinder <laughs> should be like sexy Ewan McGregor. And it'll just be the weirdest, most upsetting yeah. movie I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, let Dreamfinder Dream Dream be hot. Come on. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, well, he's dead, so. Gilbert Godfrey died? R Rest yeah. in peace. <laughs> Jesus. Speak, speaking of Gilbert Godfrey dying, Kat, you want to talk to us about the Halloween Kills trailer? All right, all right, all right. Again, thanks for listening to the episode. And again, next week we'll be talking about Glass Onion. And until then, love you. Peace. Bye. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Showin Madlove, S H O W I N M A D L O V, on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Mark. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?